We had a very special testimony tonight, um, and I've been, I've been so excited for, for her to come and share. She's actually getting ready to leave and uh, go be with her family family in the Midwest, uh, but we wanted her to share before she, she left, and uh, no better way to kick off a new year than with someone sharing about their new life in Christ. So I want to welcome Jennifer Lyons up to share her testimony. Now, uh, when Jennifer first started coming to our service, uh, you know, she, and some of you recognize her voice, well, you, you don't know it's her, but when you hear the praise Jesus, that's Jennifer, and uh, when I, the first time she came and was worshiping and just saying, thank you, Jesus, praise Jesus, I was like, she loves much because she's been forgiven much, and I couldn't wait to hear her testimony, then, then she started sharing with me, I was like, you got to share on a Sunday night, so I'm going to give it over to you at this uh, point, thank you. it's all yours. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Jennifer. Uh, I'd just like to pray to begin. Uh, Lord God, I just um, I thank you for this day, Lord God. I just thank you for just for saving me, Lord, you know, for giving me the opportunity to um, be able to come up here and tell everybody what you've done for me, Lord. And I just ask you to help calm my nerves and um, just let me speak the truth, um, your truth, Lord God, and not to be ashamed or afraid. And I just um, thank you for giving me an opportunity to be a part of this church. And I just praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, um, so I don't have that much time, but I just want to start by saying um, welcome, everybody. Um, okay, I'm just going to get off to it. Um, so when I was a young girl, you know, um, we, we lived kind of poor. My mom lived in, um, she had uh, four kids, um, but she wasn't married anymore. Um, I have two brothers and a sister. Um, we all have different fathers. Um, my mom was married twice. She never married my father. We lived in the projects uh, as long as I can remember. Um, my mom wasn't working. Um, everything was really good. Actually, for a long time, um, family, uh, I was just my mom's shadow, and I had a really good relationship with my grandmother. I was her favorite. And um, uh, so it was, life was like a little bubble for me until my grandmother passed away. I think I was around 14 years old, and uh, when she died, my whole world collapsed. Um, my mother totally just flew off the deep end, and, um, and I just remember there was um, many days I didn't even talk anymore. And so I lost my, both my best friends um, in, in that time, my mom and my grandmother, and I was just this little girl, you know. Um, uh, soon after, we, uh, we moved into my, mom, my grandmother's estate, and then once that was sold, we moved in with my, mo my mother's boyfriend. And he's the man that she's with today, but, um, you know, back then, uh, he's the only, only man that I knew in, in my life, and uh, he was a good guy. Um, well, when all that stuff happened, I went through a lot of changes. Uh, I changed schools several times. I had a lot of problems. I just remember um, uh, I suffered a lot of depression, a lot of a lot of depression. I was always, I was just always suffering. I don't know uh, how a small child could be so sad, but um, I would, uh, eventually when I got into junior high and high school, things just got really out of hand. And um, I, I remember spending many times in uh, like a psychiatric ward. I'd get sent there because I tried to kill myself. And, um, and you know, a lot of things happened in there. You know, I was just a kid. I was really angry. And um, I didn't know how to communicate, so I used to smash things and scream and yell, and and so they would, you know, they do whatever they need to do, put you in restraints or give you medication, and I just was, became the normal, you know. Um, eventually, um, many times in and out of the psychiatric places, my mom finally, um, I think I ran away one day, and then when I got caught, um, I was stealing food from a grocery store. You know, they sent me to juvenile hall. My mom went to court and she told him she couldn't take care of me anymore. And so I was taken off into the system. I became a ward of the court. And um, so that was really tough. Um, a lot of stuff happened during that time. I ended up uh, going into um, uh, like a youth home uh, because I was like a tro in trouble and I had psychiatric problems. Uh, I couldn't get like put into no foster care or nothing. So I was in a home that had like 200 other um, children just like me, uh, from teenagers. Uh, when I was there, um, you know, it's just a bunch of, you know, like unruly teenagers, you know, kids doing whatever they wanted, um, kids that couldn't be at home because they were on drugs and they, or gangs and stuff like that. But um, when I was there, 
Um, I had a lot of first experiences. Um, one of the first experiences was the uh, first time ever having any kind of, uh, I guess, like a relationship type deal or whatever. Um, I had never had a kiss the boy or, or had a date or anything like that. Uh, um, but um, when I was in there, uh, this, other, this other female, uh, she was like an older 17-year-old. Uh, she introduced me to, um, I guess what you would call um, kind of like a homosexual experience. And that was my first experience ever. And so, um, you know, time went on. Um, I, I lived there for a while, and then I got sent to another place and another place. And eventually, um, one, one day I was just really angry, and I got really mad one day, and I, I was punching things, and I was breaking things, and I broke my hand. And uh, after that happened, I realized that a lot of things were bad. You know, and a lot of it had to do with me and that I was in a situation that maybe I didn't put myself there, but I was the only one that could get me out. And so I tried really hard from that day on to, to, to try to communicate and not, not um, be violent anymore. And I didn't want to hurt myself anymore. It just was too much. And um, so eventually I, I, um, I got emancipated. I did what I was supposed to do. I graduated high school and I got a job and I, I got emancipated. So when I was 17 and a half, I got to move out of there and I got to go be, um, be an adult in the world. And um, uh, soon after that, you know, it's like about a year, I was going to college and stuff. And then I, I was going to AA groups, um, but I somehow found myself in gay AA, you know? And uh, so all the people that I met, you know, they're all gay or lesbians and we um, were all trying to, you know, be sober. And, and so that became my lifestyle. Um, that was what I thought was normal. And, I had more attention and affection in that, that world than I ever did. I was accepted there, I was loved, um, you know, and so uh, for a long time I labeled myself as a lesbian, you know. Um, I, I thought that was the way I was made and that, um, you know, it was okay. And I, I lived that way for a long time. Um, uh, I met somebody and I ended up getting hooked on heroin and uh, that lasted for a little while, but then from, from there I turned to, to methamphetamines and Pretty much after meth, that was it. You know, that's what became uh, my drug of choice, and I, I lived uh, on that stuff for a while. Nobody really knew at first. You know, um, years go on, and um, you know, a relationship brought me here to Orange County, and you know, I, I don't know, I eventually got in trouble. You know, I, I got in trouble, and I went to jail, and. Uh, after that, I went back to jail, and I went back to jail, and I did a couple prison terms. Um, I found out that I could make money selling drugs, and um, I didn't have to, you know, worry about anything, I, you know. So I became a drug dealer, basically, and um, a lesbian drug dealer. That, that was my life. Um, it sounds really funny right now when I say it, <laughs> you know, because, um, I, I mean, we put these stupid labels on ourselves, and, you know, back then I thought it was so, you know, I fit in and this was great and you know and um, anyways in 2007 um, you know I had it was on my second prison term and I, I probably had been to jail at least 10 times um, I got sent to a place called CRC and that's in Norco it's a prison I don't know how I ended up there uh, I shouldn't have even been there but I went there and um, I remember you know I used to read all the time because that's the outlet you know I'd, I'd jog and I'd read or whatever and so one day I was on the yard and um, this lady who I knew, because she was a librarian, I, I used to see her every day, I'd go get books, and she was also an inmate. She came up to me one day and she told me, Jennifer, I'm Jamie, and she said, um, I want you to know that there is a battle going on for your soul in heaven, and uh, God wants you in his kingdom, you know, but you have to make a choice. And I didn't really know what she said, was saying, but she said it to me with such an authoritative nature that I thought that maybe she knew something I didn't, you know, and um, she gave me a book and it was called The Divine Revelations of Hell and she told me, please read this book and, and come to our church, it's on Wednesday night, you know, and so um, I said, sure, all right, thank you, and I, I went back and I read that book and it scared the living daylights out of me, you know, uh, it was about somebody who died and apparently they got taken through hell to see what was going on, but it was a dream or something, I don't know, I, but uh, it talked about all the suffering and the torment. And so I went to church on Wednesday. You know, um, I had had experience with church in the past. Um, I'd been to Awana. Uh, I'd been to church camp. Uh, my mom used to drop us off so that she could get babysitters, you know, basically, I guess. We never went to church together, you know, but she would drop us kids off. And so 
I liked church. It was fun. You know, I liked um, singing songs. And um, so, anyways, I went. I went to this church, and um, it was really peculiar to me. You know, um, there's just a bunch of people. You know, there's a couple people up front. You know, playing musical instruments, and people were praising God. Back then, I didn't know what what that was. You know, but they had their hands up and they were dancing and clapping and singing and just speaking out and. And I thought these people are whack jobs, you know, but, um, but I kind of liked it, you know. <laughs> Oddly enough, I kind of liked it, you know. And so, anyways, um, I went back on the next Wednesday because, I, you know, what else are you going to do? Sit, sit in your cell or, you know, go have some fun at church, right? Okay, um, so, you know, um, the, I think it was about the, it was the third time that I went back. And um, I just, I don't know what it was. I just kept thinking, you know, look at how happy these people are. These people, you know, like whatever they got, I'd like to have it too. And what, what, what can it hurt me, you know? So um, I probably had said the sinner's prayer a long time ago at the, the church camp, you know? And I think I remember kind of getting a, a God hug before, you know? And just when everybody was holding hands and praying, and I just, I remembered that, you know? And so anyway, so I don't know. I just, um, I just threw my hands up and I just started telling God how much I loved him and that I needed him and uh, just praising him, you know. And I just remember some time went by, and then the next thing that I knew, I was opening my eyes, I was, and I, I was on the ground. And everybody else in that auditorium was on the ground, too. Um, presence of God had gotten so heavy that um, people were brought to their knees. And I just remember from that moment, my life was different. I was different. Um, I, I believe I received the spirit that day, you know. And um, it carried me through the rest of that prison term, you know, and uh, my life drastically changed. And I found myself out on the yard with um, other girls, and we were, uh, you know, preaching Jesus, you know. And, and people would tell me, wow, yeah, she's got the spirit, you know. And um, the, uh, this one lady, I remember her saying, I, I, I used to have that, you know. I, I know what that is, you know. And it was just, it was different. It was a different world for me, you know. And um, so eventually I, I paroled, and, you know, I had... Um, the lady, the lady that led us, she had told me, told all of us, you know, um, she would, out loud, she would pray for things and, and cast away these demons that were on people or whatever, you know, the, the spirits that, like, mess with us, everybody, you know. If you don't have Jesus in there, these spirits will come and they will, they will terrorize you, you know. And she would cast them out. And I just remember her doing these things. And, and I just believed it. I just believed in it. And I would, it would be backed with scripture and, you know, and... Um, but anyways, I got out. Um, oh, she, yeah, she, she had told us one day, you know, Jennifer, uh, homosexuality is not right. It's a sin, you know. It's not how God made you, you know, and you have to give that up, you know. Um, and she talked about it, and I, I didn't really get it, you know. I didn't want to. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that, you know. Um, but uh, when I paroled, um, I went with her and her fellowship for a while, you know, and was we were handing out food to the homeless in Santa Ana and, you know, she was always, like, talking to me and stuff, and, you know, but I, uh, I ended up going back to, to a relationship that I, I was in before, you know, and just um, back to back, you know, I'm just going to kind of fast forward, uh, several years go by, uh, I ended up uh, always having, I still had the, the Jesus with me, I still had his, uh, the knowledge of him and um, the spirit, you know, just, but I lived in sin, you know, um, I thought that love was, was beautiful and was right, and, and I didn't, I don't know, you know, so I, I wasn't able to give up that, you know, but uh, the whole time from the day that I found out, you know, until just last year, I know, knew that the Lord was talking to me, and he just, he didn't say any bad things to me, he just said, I have so much more for you, this is not what I want for you, and uh, so, you know, uh, being a good uh selfish sinner, I, I use drugs to hide that, you know what I mean, like, I didn't want to face God, I didn't want to give up what I was doing, so I just, um, did drugs to sh shut the voice up, you know, and, um, I thought it would work, I guess, I don't know what I was doing, I, I was trying to get ready somehow, I don't know, we have some really weird ideas of what being ready is and stuff, you know, and so, anyways, um, two years ago, I walked into Calvary Chapel Church, and it's the church I go to now, and I was pretty, uh, pretty, uh, de desolate and de whatever, you know, uh, I was in this relationship for six years, and uh, it was a very abusive relationship, and um, I was getting ready to possibly go do eight years in prison. Um, I was so bankrupt. I didn't, I don't know, 
People, they used to laugh at me in my house, you know what I mean? You know, oh, you're a Jesus freak. I still love the Lord with all my heart, you know. I just, um, I don't know. Uh, so anyways, I went into the church, and I just did what I do today, you know, and I just lifted my hands up, and I just praised him, and, you know, I prayed earnestly, Lord, I need help. I need a way out. I, help me. I don't know what to do, you know, and so um, he made a way. Um, uh, I don't know how much time I have left, but... Um, he made lots of ways for me, you know, and um, I don't need to get into all that, you know, but um, the pastor of my church and his wife, you know, from the beginning, I was very honest with them, and I told them everything, you know, um, that I was trying to get over drugs, that I was in a lesbian relationship, and they never, um, they never turned away from me or, or you know, like, sh- shunned me, or they just told me, you know, uh, the truth, you know, that God loves me. And that he wants the best for me, and that um, any uh, relationship, any sexual relationship outside of a marriage is not ordained by God, you know, and that it, it's damaging, and that uh, in time God will work with me, you know what I mean? But just to keep showing up. And they loved me, and they loved me, and they loved me. And the church body, they loved me, you know, and um, because of that, I was able to see what real love truly is, you know, the, the first Corinthians 13 love, you know, and. Um, uh, last year, you know, like, I, I eventually moved in with them. They, they let me come live with them. That was my way out, you know, out of that relationship. And uh, I stayed with them for a while, you know. And then last year, I um, I'd gotten my whatever, my ideas, my thinking. And I ended up going out going out with that girl and uh, that I left. And, and then I started getting loaded. And, and then eventually I had to leave the home, you know. But uh, uh, God had his way with me, you know. He allowed... Um, things to happen that, that would help me see the truth, you know, and that God loves me, but that the lifestyle can never be, you know. It's like uh, living in sin will never amount to what we need, you know. Um, we're forgiven uh, from before time began, you know, because of what Jesus did, but uh, uh, you, you're in a dark hole away from God, you know. As long as you're living in that sin, you cannot experience God's love and, and blessings the way that, you know, it is meant to be, and so... I don't know, uh, three months I was um, doing whatever, and then eventually um, they came and got me, and they let me come home, and I got sober, and I got away from that uh, relationship, and I, I, you know, that was November 1st, I uh, turned my life over to God again, and I gave everything up to him, and I told him, Lord, change everything, you know, I'm ready, you know, so... Now it's been, um, it's been 13 months. Um, I've been free from drugs and um, homosexual behaviors. I'm actually not in any relationship right now. I'm just uh, learning to be with my God. Um, I last year got res- restoration with um, my family that I was taken away from. And so I got to go visit my mom and stepfather and my brother in um, Tennessee. And that's why um, eh, I'm getting ready to go there, you know. I'm going to go be with them and uh, make up for lost time, you know. But... Uh, I just want to encourage anybody who might be struggling, you know, with anything similar or whatever, you know. Uh, fellowship is what saved me, you know. Getting into the word, believing the word of God, you know, because um, it's, it's the real power is there, you know. And, and church, you know, it's like fellowship is very important. You can't be alone. When you're by yourself, the enemy can come for you, and he will. He'll come for you, and he'll lie to you and tell you, oh, you know, this and that will make it look so beautiful and so right, and, and really it's not, you know. And so um, I just encourage everybody, you know, uh, to worship, 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 and um, give up those deep, dark secrets to someone, you know, and pray, pray about it, and God will restore, and he'll change you, you know. So I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> We have some, I'm assuming, from Calvary Chapel East Hills here tonight. Because yeah. I've, I've seen some new faces family, that came, yeah. your family. So uh, what a testimony you are to the work of God in Jennifer's life, all those from Calvary Chapel East Hills. So, and uh, Pastor Paul Wood, she sure loves you and his wife, too. Um, you, you were saying to me the other day, you were saying something to me that um, I, I found it intriguing. Uh, you said... Uh, we were just talking. You said, someday God has a man picked out for yeah. me that I'm going to marry. <laughs> well, you know, I think if it's in his will, yes. He has, he's had, a, had one already for forever. You yeah. know, his word says that he, in uh, Jeremiah 29:11, He has good plans for me, you know. I, I believe that it's somewhere out there. If that's in his will, then, yeah, there's a guy for me. Now, you do realize that everything you're saying here goes completely against everything our culture is teaching. 
don't you, know. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, kind of the reason right. why I came to speak was because our culture is teaching so many lies. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, um, and I know for a fact. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, so are you perfect now? I'm not perfect. No? no. You're not perfect? Not by a long shot, Sinner no. saved by grace? Sinner saved by grace. So you can still quench the Holy Spirit, but yeah. Oh, God, yeah. God will... Uh, will continue his good work. Yeah. He'll be faithful to you, right? Yeah, and you know what? Forgiveness, his forgiveness is as far as the east is from the west. And the moment you say, I'm sorry, Lord, and you just earnestly turn away, it's it's immediate. Uh, my recovery time this time was, I think, was five days. And it usually takes me months. But I knew the moment the Spirit returned to me, and I knew that oh, God forgave me for everything, you know. And the people in my life, they did too. You know, they came alongside me. And wow. today I'm, I'm, I'm fresh fresh and clean and made new by Jesus, yeah. Praise God. Well, we want to pray for you because you're going to be going away for uh, how long? I don't know yet. One-way trip. Oh, okay. So it might be some time, but we're going to look forward to when you come back. Yeah, I got to come back to finish my, you know, Okay, so. (laughs) Well, that's good. We're glad you're going to come back at some point and be with us in fellowship. And and I know your Calvary Chapel East Hills family is very excited about you coming back too. So let me pray for you, Okay. okay? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for Jennifer, God, that you brought her up out of the miry pits, Lord, yes, Lord. Out, of, out of the mud and mire, Lord. You set her feet upon the rock, which is Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you've rescued her from the depths. And God, we give you thanks and praise. Yes. Only you, God, could do such a miraculous work. And we thank you that your grace extends to all of us, Lord. We pray now for Jennifer that you bless her as she goes to be with her family, Bless her work, bless her ministry and her witness before you, Lord. Uh, Father, I pray you protect her from the enemy, Lord. Help her to stay strong in your word, walking with you, Lord. Uh, Protect this dear one, Lord. She is your child, Lord, and you love her so dearly. And uh, we thank you, dear God, for her faithfulness and sharing. And we pray all this in Jesus' Jesus. name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you sharing. Yeah. The power of God. You know, I, I got called a Jesus freak when I first became a Christian, but I wasn't near as <laughs> intense as that. But we were like, oh, wait, you're a Jesus freak now. And uh, it, it's, it's, yeah, we all kind of are peculiar when we become Christians, aren't we? Uh, the rest of the world looks at us like, what is all this praising about? But we have a lot to praise God for. All right, so for tonight, uh, I'm not doing the sermon tonight. Uh, my good friend, Art Archia, is doing the, the, the sermon the message from the word, and uh, come on up, Art. <clears throat> if you remember, he gave his testimony a few months ago, and uh, if you haven't heard that yet, it, you can find it on the podcast uh, on Calvary Chapel Old Town, uh, and he, listen to his his uh, story of how he came to Christ and how he was reconciled to his dad and uh, got the forgiveness. But tonight, you're going to be talking about um, a <laughs> a passage that you're very familiar with. We're all familiar with in Jennifer about being a new creation. So I'm going to give this time over to you, Art. It's all yours. Amen. Thank you. Can you guys hear me? By the way, this is really my voice. So it's not your ears. It's my voice. I I should be. I should have. My iPad. In case you're wondering, my birthday is April 14. I need an iPod. <laughs> Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much because we have worshipped you, Lord. We have said to you how much we love you, Lord. And also we have heard what you do in life, Lord. Thank you for what you did with Jennifer, Lord. Father, now speak to us, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit be the one talking. Let your Holy Spirit Put that seed of faith in every one of us, Lord. Open our minds, our ears, and above all, our hearts to you. 
Lord, in your mighty name, Jesus, amen. I know you heard this before. Happy New Year's. <laughs> I'm barely getting out of the coma of the food I ate, you know. But what comes to mind when you hear New Year's? New Year's resolutions, right? And many of us have them. I know I have mine. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, here I got some top New Year's resolutions that people have. Number one, lose weight, get fit. You know, I don't have to lose weight. <laughs> no, no. But I bet you anything, if I go to the gym next week, I won't be able to work out because people would be in there. So many people trying to lose weight. Others, they want to help out somewhere. And that's good, right? Others, they want to quit something bad they're doing. So if you eat your nails, stop it. It's time to stop it. Others want to get a better education, want to learn more, right? We want to learn more. Others, we want to save money so we can go to a trip or manage our debts, which I've been trying to do since I don't know when. <laughs> Others want to be healthy. You know, eating healthy is good. But once in a while to have a burger, oh, heaven, <laughs> you know. Others want to manage the stress. And I don't know what it is that once it's January 1st, we're all like, yeah, it's time to start fresh. A new beginning. You know what? I didn't do anything from the year 2014, but I'm ready to start you. You know how many times I said, I'm going to read the Bible from Genesis <laughs> to Revelation this year. When I went to Numbers, <laughs> this, is, this is so hard. All these names and all these numbers, I don't know what this means. So I put it out for tomorrow. Then <laughs> let me tell you something. And you need to think about this. Tomorrow never comes. It's always today. So, so, so I put it up for tomorrow. Tomorrow became June, July, August, September. October, I'm like, I start all over again in January. <laughs> do, do you know out of all those people with New Year resolution, 93% of them fail. Either they, they get busy doing something else or whatever. But what? what the Bible said about new beginnings, about new life, about starting over, you know. Go with me to 
Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We think that January 1st, something magical happens. That everything is new, right? But if you think about it, I didn't wake up on Thursday morning and be like, the sun sees brighter today. I hear my neighbor uh, thinking today, no. When I woke up, I'm like, I shouldn't eat that much last night. There's nothing different of it, about it. It reminds me of Y2K, the year 2000. And for those of you who's younger than 14, yes, we live before the year 2000. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> no, but what? With the year 2000, everybody was freaking out because we were turning to 2000 years and come 1201, nothing happens. Everything stayed the same. So January 1st is nothing different about it. It's just one number of the calendar that will change. The four to the five. But here it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. But therefore, there talks about verses 14 to 16, which Paul says, if you believe in Christ, you have died with him, and you have rose again. You're no longer yourself, but you're in Christ. You're of him. So, tonight I know that some of us who have believed in Christ, someone who are no longer living for ourselves. I know someone tonight, there's somebody who's a new creation. Hold on. I really need an iPod. <laughs> Dave, write it down. I need an iPod. <laughs> Romans 6, 4 tells us, Therefore we, would, we were buried with him through brothers unto death, that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should be walking in the newness of life. And this is where the new creation part comes in. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. A creation, yes. Before Christ, you were thinking about yourself, nobody else. Whatever made me feel good, I'll do it. Whatever I want, I'll do it. The old creation is this guy you see before you tonight. The new creation is buried 
with Christ and rose in the bodies. What's that? When we give ourselves to God, to the Lord Jesus, we become of Him. The new creation is nothing you can see, but it's a spiritual. It's a spiritual. Romans 8.13 puts it this way. For if I live according to the flesh, I will die. You will die, sorry. But if by that spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. What's that? The, the only way to walk according to the, according to God's will is through the Spirit. You cannot do it on your own. The reason I felt so much of not reading the Bible from cover to cover is not because I did something else. It's not because I was too busy. It was because I was reading it on my own. I was trying to set a goal. I was trying to be like, I can do this. Yes, I can. And time after time I fell. Like those 93% of the people who fell in the new irresolutions because they tried to do on their own. Guys, we have the secret to live a life of holiness. It's not art, it's not Dave, it's not the way Billy Graham preaches, even though his preaches great. <laughs> Sorry, Billy. <laughs> and through the power of the Holy Spirit, let me no, let me read it to you again. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. You will live. People, we need to live by the Spirit. We need to let Jesus, through the Spirit, shine through us and shine in us. That's the only way we can Say no to the flesh. I've been there many times when I'm like, God, this year I'm gonna love you more, I'm gonna worship you more, I'm gonna pray to you more. And the next week, what? The next week, the next day. I'm like, you know, I'd rather do this. Oh, I'd rather sin right here. You know, that feels good. No, no. That spirit is trying to show me, hey, live through me, dummy. Live through me, not through yourself. And that's why I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. The last part, I love the last part of taking Corinthians 5, verse 17. It says, All things has passed away. Behold, 
old things have become new. Can you get that? I know that once we turn our life to God, we are a new creation. But have you think, have you thought about living this day by day? Have you thought about this verse speaking to you day by day? All things has passed away because everything is made new. What I'm saying with this is that every day could be New Year's Day for us without the food, of course. <laughs> every day could be a new beginning, a new creation, a new opportunity to become closer to God. You know, sin is bad. It's so bad. But you know what is worse? The regret after. And you know what regret does to you? Lord, I want to pray, but I feel shame. Lord, maybe tomorrow. Lord, I cannot get over my sin. Lord, no, no. God says, hey, hey. Every day is a new day. Everything is a new creation. The old things are best. And by me saying all things, I mean everything, including that sin you just did. And guys, I'm not telling you, okay, it's good to sin. I'm telling you, if you sin, don't wait to say, forgive me, forgive me, God. Don't wait to say, I'm sorry. But hold on. Come running to God. You want to know a secret? I knew you were going to sin before you did it. Don't think about that. So every moment you go backer and backer, you're getting away from God, and you will end up living on your own strength. Are you still awake? <laughs> Some of you are. But how can we live? In this, how can we live in the newness of a new creation every day? Do you know those 93 people, 93% that fell, the main reason why, because mentally, they weren't prepared. They didn't know what it took to keep the resolution up. What I'm saying here is it all starts in the mind. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be confirmed to this world but be transformed by the renewedness of your mind. And you may prove that what it is good and acceptable and perfect will of God was that do not be confirmed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing are your mind. You know, guys, we can think like the world thinks. And we all end up like the world does. 
or we can think like Jesus thinks. And we all end up like Jesus was. Get that? It's all in the mind. It's all I renew me, renew it. It's all that every day we'll need to say to ourselves, I'm now a child of God. I'm now a new creation. I'm, I am now lived by the Spirit. And once you do that, your mind will begin to transform your life. But, but art, that's the only thing you gotta do, be like, I'm done creation of God. No. You gotta read this Bible too. Oh, oh man, read the Bible. You see the numbers wasn't really nice. No, but I read it more like a homework assignment. I didn't read it like a love letter from my creation to me. You see, once you renew your mind, you start looking at the Word of God. As a letter from God to you. Every page becomes magical. Every page becomes unique to you. Because you are reading something to you. And if you don't read the Bible one day, don't worry about it. Next day you begin to read it. But read it as the love letter. Nothing else, nothing more. Guys. I know you're sleeping. Hold on a minute. Hold on three more hours. I'm almost done. <laughs> Guys, if, if we read and begin to be transformed, we all look like Jesus. We all look like who's in this book. Have you ever have a best friend? I bet if Dave and myself were hanging around every day this year, sooner or later I'll be talking like Dave. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't talk like me. <laughs> but, but, but you Start to look down, dress like your best friend. Am I right? Yes. The more you read the Bible, the more you look, you feel, you live like Jesus Christ. And one more, one more verse. Galatians 20, 2.20 says, I been crucified with Christ. It's not no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life which now I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and give himself for me. Get that? I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. It's Christ who lives in me. Guys, 
if you wanna be holy, don't dress up a holy and buy like this big Bible. No, just be closer to Jesus and the holiness that he has will be on you. This says, I no longer live. I no longer live. My prayer for you guys this evening, and my prayer for you guys this year, is just once that you wake up every moment, every day, ready to start fresh with God, ready to be the new creation you are in Christ. But some of you may say, I don't know Christ. Well, you're lucky. Today is the day of salvation since the word of God. If you don't know Christ, today you can open your heart to him. I'm not going to tell you to come here. It's between you and the Lord. But some of you may think, but I'm so far from God. They run to him. What you waiting for? Run! Run! Don't walk back. Run! Because he's waiting for you with open arms. So your New Year resolution should be one. Be closer to God every single day. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your wonderful word, for your kind words, Lord. Lord, you said that we are a new creation, and we want to live this way, Lord. Forgive our sins, Father, and help us to turn to you, because there's no greater place to be in than in your presence, Lord. Help us to live the New Year's Day every day. We are a new creation. It's a new beginning every day for me, for us, and you. Amen.